tonight. We love you. And teacher Derek's just going to have to figure it out later because I messed everything up. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you know that when God wants to do something, let him do it, right? We're here for him anyways. Jesus, praise you, God. First of all, I just want to, I want to thank you. Thank you, Apostle Kyle. I don't know if he's watching this. I think he's just having a blast right now. But if you are, thank you. I want to say that I admire you, men of God, you and Pastor Jamie. Thank you for everything you guys do. Thank you for the privilege to be here on your pulpit sharing tonight. Um, you know, I used to drive two hours from Myrtle Beach here before I became a part of the family just to sit under the anointing. Amen. Come on, we don't want the familiarity to take away from what God wants to do. Amen. So I don't ever want to get so familiar that I don't put a demand. Like Pastor Lily was praying today and she said, you got to put a demand. You got to put a demand on the man of God. You got to put a demand on what God has put inside of him. Amen. And I also want to honor all of these mighty men and women of God that serve in the pastoral council. Can you give them a round of applause? I love, love, love serving alongside of each and every one of you. And I love you. All of you, we just, I, I love y'all. I'm, I'm going to go off to my sermon because I can speak a whole sermon about y'all. But how many are ready for the word tonight? Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. I thought that when Justin said to all the church that I was going to be here tonight, I thought nobody was going to come. But praise God, you're here. That means you're here for the right reason. Amen. <laughs> praise God. So tonight, I want to talk to you um, about a rhema word that God's put inside of my heart. That's called flawed but faithful. Come on. Am I talking to somebody tonight? Can you say, I'm flawed, but I'm faithful, God. I might make some mistakes along the way, but I love you, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. And I want to start uh, tonight with, um, it's a sentence that Apostle always says, and it's almost become like a motto, right, to Dominion Church. And it's this, if you have it up there, Trey or Corey, I don't know who's doing it, praise the Lord. It's this, we are imperfect people that serve a perfect God. Amen. We all know that. But there's two problems. Not specifically with the sentence, but the way that we interpret it. And I'm going to tell you what it is. Number one is that when we, when we use that phrase sometimes as an excuse to keep sinning. Right? Oh, we're just human. How many of you have heard somebody say that? I'm just human. No, we know you're human. We know you're human. But you got the Holy Spirit inside of you. And he is the same power that resurrected Christ from the dead lives inside of you. To empower you to live a holy life. Amen. Hallelujah. Y'all that kind of church. Amen. Y'all that kind of church that can amen and hallelujah to this. Praise God. I'm just human or I'm imperfect has become an excuse. Right. But Romans 1.17 says, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. In other words, that word faith is also faithfulness. So we grow from faithfulness to faithfulness. We're growing. We're imperfect, but we're growing. And the second problem that we use that sometimes in a bad way, I guess, is that I don't believe what apostle meant with this was for us to have an excuse to keep sinning. 
but a revelation to keep loving. I'm going to say it again. Don't use that as an excuse to keep sinning, but as a revelation to keep loving. Because I believe that sometimes we use that as like a, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lower the standard for me. But we end up raising the standard for everybody else. Because the minute, oh my God, I'm imperfect. But the minute that, that Pastor Stephanie does me wrong, the minute that another Pastor Stephanie talks about me, that I can be imperfect, but no. How dare they talk like that? Ah, y'all. Come on, this is a revelation. You got to get this. It's a revelation that will enable you to love your enemies. Because the Bible says that that's what we ought to do. Jesus said, love your enemies and pray for them. Love those who persecute you. Hallelujah. It says this. I, I want to read it because y'all don't believe me. Matthew chapter 5, 43 through 48 says this. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, this is Jesus now. I tell you, I love, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and on the good. And sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love, listen to this. If you love who loves you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than the others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Listen, 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 listen. I don't know about you. I know that, that God loves everybody unconditionally, but I want to be the one that he's looking at with a big smile on his face and saying, well done, good and faithful servant. You're faithful in the little things. Now I'm going to entrust some more things to you. That's the kind of servant, that's the kind of, of child of God that I want to be. The one that pleases the Father, man. So this is a revelation to keep loving people no matter what they've done to you. And you know, there's, this, there's, there's a few secrets to loving like Jesus wants us to love. And, I, and I'm about to give them to you if you're taking notes. The first one is, you're God's vessel. You need to know that you're a vessel, all right? Because a vessel don't feel. And I know that we all have feelings and that's from God. Wait, 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 wait. But we are serving a Lord that preaches a gospel of dying to yourself. It's okay to cry in the arms of daddy, but then you ought to turn around. Listen, you receive from God everything you need. And then you turn around and give it from him. That's the only way to love is to know you're a vessel. Amen. And number two is you need to know that you're not perfect. Look at your neighbor and tell him, boo, I love you, but you're not perfect. Oh, y'all don't talk like that. I talk like that to my friends. You're not perfect. Listen, if God forgave you, who are you to not forgive your neighbor? If God loves you in your worst days, who are you? Listen, if he loves you through your mistakes, how many of you know that sometimes we are a little bit... Can't I say stupid in church? We're a little bit dumb, right? We make some mistakes. I want to shout out to the youth over there. Praise God. They're in here with us. Teacher Derek, Pastor Derek, doing a phenomenal job. I love you guys. They're, they're used to me. That's why. Uh, anyways. Let's go. Let's go. 
So I want to read also Matthew 22, 36 through 40. We're going to read some scripture now because I know y'all are excited. You love the word of God. This is what it says here. It says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. It was Jesus that said it, okay, not me. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as he loves you. Love your neighbor as he loves you. No, love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. And the law, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. If you have that picture, throw it up there. I'm about to show you something that's going to help you out. All y'all that love Jesus. This is the Ten Commandments, right? The first side is talking about how to love God. Do not worship any other gods. Do not make any idols. Do not misuse the name of God. Keep the Sabbath holy. Come on, fellowship with the Lord. Get away from your busy schedules, right? And the other side is talking about how to love your neighbor. Honor your father and mother. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not lie. Do not covet. You can take it off because they're, they're going to be distracted by it now. I just proved to you that Jesus, how many of you Jesus didn't come to, to abolish the law? He came to fulfill it. And right here, he's just explaining to us what it really means to love. Because in the world, we got all of these different um, definitions to love, right? And I'm not going to go into that because I know you're keeping up. But this is how we ought to love one another. By the law of the Lord. His law is love. Amen? Hallelujah. Going back to our model. I feel like Apostle is going to kill me. I'm calling this a model. Okay. Get back to it. It says this. We are imperfect people that serve a perfect God. We're imperfect people that do what? Look at this. We sound like a classroom. I love that. We serve a perfect God. See, some of us say we serve God, but we just come to church. Because serving God is something else. Oh, my God. I love y'all. I'm saying this not because I'm angry, but because I'm passionate, right? I'm not angry. I'm just passionate. The problem is that I think that we have oversimplified the gospel for a friendship. And then we end up treating our relationship with Jesus like we treat our, treat our friends. Yes, I know, silly. I know the scripture says that he no longer calls us servants, but now he calls us friend because he wants to reveal all the secrets of the kingdom of God. The problem is that bef the verse before that scripture that we all know how to quote is something else that we don't want to study, right? So I'm about, <laughs> I'm about to read it to you in a minute. We're about to read it in a minute. But don't oversimplify the gospel for a friendship because... The word of God says in multiple places that we have to serve God. And it says in Psalm 100 verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. Joshua 24, 15, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Romans 12, 11, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. But what does that word serve means? When you dig a little bit from the original, you're going to find out that that word is abad. Abad means to be a slave of. Listen, I don't know about you, but I want to live my life in a way that I'm a slave to God's will. Right? I serve God, and that's why I love people. I serve God, and that's why I go wherever he tells me to go. I serve God, and that's why I don't quit when it gets uncomfortable. 
Because what matters is to do his will. Come on, I don't know if you know, we're having a Christmas production Saturday and Sunday. You want to be here for that, don't miss it. Invite your friends. But I just love, there's a scene, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a, a little spoil, spoil alert. There's a scene where, we, where Mary is just praying, and the angel comes, and, and she said, what, what does the scripture say? It says that she gives her desires, right, her plans, her dreams to the Lord, and, and she says this, uh, let it be, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be done according to your word. I am the Lord's servant. I mean, it don't matter what I want, what I feel like doing. Come on, somebody. I feel, yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, we, we can, it's okay to sing songs like, what a friend we have in Jesus. As long as you're okay, not only being a friend, but when he, when he shows you his vision for your life, you actually receive it with a servant's heart, right? And follow what he's saying. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to give you the verse before the verse. Look at your neighbor and tell him, the verse before the verse. John 15, 14 through 17 says this. You are my friends. If you do what I, oh my God, oh my God. I no longer call you servants because, then yeah, 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 because a servant does know what is master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last and so Whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Did you just catch that? That's a key right there. That's a key. How many of you want to have your prayers answered? Go on and study your Bible because every blessing demands obedience. Come on, somebody. Let's, let's talk about it. <laughs> y'all so excited. I love y'all. Let's go back to... To, this, to the slide. We are imperfect people that serve a perfect God. Hallelujah. That's what it means to be faithful. Let's talk about faithful. Because God never asks us to be perfect. But, but he requires faithfulness. And that come, that's in the heart. Right? That's where nobody else can see. That's in the heart. And I want to talk about one of my favorite characters, of course, yeah, Jesus is my favorite character of the Bible. But the second one is Peter. Because Peter is like a type of us, right? He's like a shed, he, he, he is all of us, in other words. You can look at the life of Peter and see every single one of us. Peter had many negative traits. When we study Peter, we see that he was impulsive, he was prideful, he was hypocritical. Come on, the Bible doesn't hide that stuff. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. It says, but in spite of all that, he was faithful. But sometimes you look at the story, of, uh, the story of Peter that's recorded in the Gospels, and we're like, oh my God, I relate so much to that. Look at there. He cut a guy's ears. How many of you have ever wanted to like cut somebody's ears off? Look at there. Oh my God, I can't relate to his negative traits, right? Ah, Jesus. Sometimes we have sunk, distracted by the waves instead of keeping our focus on Jesus, right? At some point in our lives, we had run away from the calling and disbelief and gone back to our old life, just like Peter did. But can we relate to the faithfulness of Peter? Let's give the guy some credit now. He died, crucified upside down because he didn't, he didn't think that he was worthy 
to die like his Lord did. Yes, he denied Jesus, Jesus three times, but he's the one that Jesus said on this rock, I'll build my church. Can we relate to the faithfulness? Not only did he give his life for Jesus, but he, he lived his life for Jesus. Because it's so easy to say, brother, I'm ready for the, when persecution hits America. I'm going to give my, my life for him. You know, I'd give everything. I'd die for Jesus. Would you live for Jesus now? Oh my God, he's gonna kill me for this. Um, <laughs> my God, every. Oh, uh, anyways, listen, listen, listen. How many of you have a nickname? Raise your hand. I'm gonna call somebody out in a minute. <laughs> you have a nickname? Jesus likes to give nicknames. Come on, our friend Justin over here. Don't blush, pal. It's okay. How many of you know his nickname? Okay, I didn't know that. So when Jackie called him in rehearsal the other day, I was like, who are you talking about? <laughs> That's not very friend. And then I asked Jackie today, I said, do you know why that they call him Chop? And it's because he used to play what? What is it? Baseball? He used to play baseball. And for every school, he loved pork chops, right? Loved pork chops. And his dad used to make him pork chops every time that he scored. Is that right? Is that right? I'm going to ask the spouse because he's blushing right now. Is that right, Courtney? <laughs> he got a fried pork. So that's why they started calling him pork chop. Pork chop. Yeah, now you know. Now everybody knows he's going to kill me later. It's okay. But Jesus liked to give nicknames too. Jesus called James and John what? Do you know? Sons of thunder. That's a good one. Whatever that meant. Now he called Simon Peter. So Peter wasn't his actual name. It was a nickname. Right? Simon was his name. But then we read that Jesus, you know, encounters with him and all that kind of stuff. And he tells him, now I'm going to call you Peter. That, that, that looks like you. That, that fits your personality, right? I'm going to call you Peter. And Peter in the original means firm, it means rock. And a rock is something that's firm, strong, steady, immovable. Guys, this is... Guys, this is the dude that Jesus told him, on this rock, I will build my church. Yes, Peter, you might fail sometimes, but I know that can come hell and high water, you're going to hold on to what I tell you. And there's there I'm going to build my church. And the gates, by the way, the gates of hell will not prevail. And I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of God. And whatever you loose in the earth will be loosed in heaven. Whatever you bind in the earth will be bound in heaven. Come on. Jesus was talking to us. Yes, we're flawed, but we're faithful. Amen? We're a rock. We're called to be that rock. We're called to build our house, not upon the sand, but on the rock. Amen? So that whenever the waves, the wind comes, we're firm on that foundation. Amen? Hallelujah. Ah, Jesus, thank you, Lord. And so I, I only have 10 minutes. Did I just spoke for 20 minutes? Oh, my God. Okay. So I got two points. Two points. I didn't say how long the two points were, but I got two points. The first point, and this is a raiment. This is first point of what? I don't know. This is what God gave me two points. Okay, just deal with it. God gave me two points. Number one, we got to be committed to God. 
And number two, we got to be committed to growth. That's how we stay faithful. We get committed to God and we get committed to growth. And number one, be committed to God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read Joshua 24, 14 through 15. It says this. Now, fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your ancestors that they worship beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves these days whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your ancestors or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Leave it up there. Listen, if for you it seems undesirable, then choose it today. Oh my God, that's harsh. We don't want to hear that in church. You can take it off. Sometimes I feel like some of us, we think it's undesirable to serve the Lord because we never really committed all the way to doing it, right? Romans 12, 1 and 2 is going to say that we can only, I'm paraphrasing, we can only experience the perfect will of God if we live like living sacrifices. So if you haven't given your life as a living sacrifice, you have never experienced His perfect will. So don't come and tell you that, tell me that's not worth it. Like give it a real try. Give it a real a real try not just like the you know go all the way in brother then you tell me if it ain't worth it right Woo. we still believe in the gospel <laughs> hallelujah number two number two be committed to growth i'm gonna read now matthew 8 23 through 26 i told you it's gonna be a bunch of scripture okay but we love the word of god it says this then he got into the boat. Listen, before we go into that, I'm going to tell you a little story, okay, in the gospel. And we're going to go through growth. How does Jesus want us to grow? Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was what? Mm. He was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves and he was completely calm. That was just easy for Jesus. Listen, I don't know about you and I can't tell you for sure, but I, th I don't think he was sleeping like on accident. I think he was on purpose, right? Y'all think so too? Talk to me, talk to me. Yeah, I think it was on purpose. I think it's just like Jesus to test our faith sometimes. Because if you notice in the text, it says that they got so scared and they woke him up. And he was like, okay, quiet, wind and waves. So easy, right? Why was he asleep? I think it was on purpose. I think he was trying to test their faith. And like if I was a teacher and I gave them that test, they would have failed. F, right? F, you failed. You were scared. You didn't know what to do. But then, how many of you know that God is a God of second chances? Yeah. Thank you, Jesus, for that. So they got an F the first time. And then we're going to read. It's almost like the same story again in Matthew 14, 22 through 33. It says this. Immediately, Jesus, oh, my God, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat. Who made them? Jesus. And go ahead of them to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. 
After he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. All right. And the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified, saying, It's a ghost. Y'all, when you're scared, you're going to start seeing stuff that's not even there, right? Keep going. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, Tell me to come to you on the water. Stop there. Leave it up there. Listen to me. Don't that sound kind of like, I'm going to say stupid again. I hope I'm not in trouble. Don't that sound kind of like, who would do that? Like, I'm scared in the boat. Everybody's scared. And I'm going to ask Jesus, tell me, and I'm going to walk on the water. Like, what? That's so random, right? But I think, how many of you know that when you're kind of like, you, you're freaking out, you don't know what to do, you start doing dumb stuff. And I, in my head, I think Peter is, is thinking right now, man, we, we got an F on the first test. I'm not about to get an F again. I ought to do anything. How many of you have ever taken a test and you don't know the answer, but you're like, I'm going to write something because I might get half a point, right? I'm going to write so I ain't going to, I'm not. I'm not going to leave it blank. I'm going to write something. And sometimes it works, right? Sometimes you get a half a point or something. And I think that's what he did. It was like, I don't know what the answer is to this problem, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show him my faith somehow. So tell me, Jesus. I, yeah, I believe you. Tell me to walk on the water, and I'll go. Keep going. Come, he said. Then Peter got, got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And they climbed into the boat and the wind died down. Like, just like that. Just, that was a test, yo. Jesus led them there. And as soon as they got into the boat, it died down. That was a test. And then, first of all, I want to tell you, I don't know who, who needs to hear this tonight, but sometimes we just got to get out of the sinking boat because you're, gonna, you're, you're sinking anyways. So might as well sink closer to Jesus because at least he's going to stretch out his hand and help you up. Come on, somebody. You're already, you're already about to die, so might as well. All right, all right. Verse 31 we read what? It says that Jesus told him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? When I first read that, I was like, this sounds kind of unfair to me. Nobody else left the boat. Nobody else had the faith he had. You know what I'm saying? Somebody would just become, sometimes we'd be comparing ourselves to people, you know? I mean, that ain't fair, Lord. I, I got out of the boat and you're rebuking me? Let me tell you something. When you're willing to grow, you're going to get rebukes that nobody else got just because you're willing to get uncomfortable. Don't be comparing ourselves to the, to the people that stayed in the boat. Uh, Y'all never went through that, did you? Because these people, are, and you know, the ones in the boat, they always be like, oh, the teacher called them out. <laughs> yeah, but y'all stayed in the boat. You didn't get to walk on water. I did. 
Anyways. You're going to get some rebukes, but you're growing. And he didn't, he, listen, he didn't pass the test, right? He didn't, he's sunk. He didn't pass it. He didn't get an A, right? What is the passing grade here in America? I don't know. I didn't go to school here. Seven. Oh, it's numbers too? It's a C. I don't, y'all, I'm Brazilian. My education in English is like zero, uh, level zero. What is it? Is it what? A, a C? A C. A D. So a D, you don't pass. Is that right? You don't pass. He got a D, right? Let's give him some grade. That's bare. Oh, so give him a E. Are y'all making this complicated? You're making this too hard on me now. Whatever the grade is, he got just, you know, enough to not pass. He, he, he grew, though, you know? He got a little better than F. But he didn't pass. Come on, some people will look at that and say, oh, he didn't make it, sorry. Well, no, he made it. He's growing. Somebody look at your neighbor and tell him, I haven't achieved it yet, but I'm growing. Look at you and tell him, tell him, I'm growing. Don't be scared to grow. You're just going to stay on the boat. You're going to miss out. <laughs> You're growing. Hallelujah. If I can have Brooke come to the keys. I feel like we're so high energy. I don't know what to do from here, y'all. I'm sorry. I came, came a little bit too excited. Let's all stand to our feet. God's doing something. God's doing something. And I, before I close, I got one more scripture. One more, I promise. Oh, that's so good. I want to read John chapter 6, chapters 53 through 68. John chapter 6, 53 through 68. All right. It says this. This is powerful now. This is like, we're going, we're going to bring it home. Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. He's talking to his disciples now. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. Just as the living father sent me and I live because of the father so the one who feeds on me will live because of me this is the bread that came down from heaven your ancestors ate man and died but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever he said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum now listen it is on hearing it many of his disciples said this is a hard teaching who can accept this Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they're full of spirit and of life. Some of y'all can already feel the presence of God. And that's a witness that he's real, that he loves you. 
and that he's chasing after you. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to me. This is powerful. No one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. From this time, many of the disciples turned back and no longer followed him. My God. And then he said, you don't want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. The Lord gave me a song just this week, and I want to sing a piece of it. You can keep just doing that. I just want you to hear the lyrics because this is what he was ministering to my heart. And I wrote, so take me to the place we met for the first time, for the first time. Where I don't have to make sense of it all But it all makes sense when you're here and I abide It's a feeling that I can't explain, it's paradise So take me to the place we met for the first time Man, just close your eyes for a minute Because I know some of us, we started following Jesus And we gave everything to follow him, right? We left everything just like Peter did but I didn't even think twice, we just left it all. But then things just started to not make sense, right? The storms came and we wonder whether, you know, the promise still stands. <laughs> but man, when you realize that you have burned every bridge that connected you to the place you were before and that there's nowhere to go back, even if you wanted to quit, where are you gonna go? Only he has the words of eternal life. And then when you realize that quitting is not an option. <laughs> I believe that that's why so many people are struggling with depression. First of all, they didn't understand they have a purpose. And that sometimes you're going you're gonna to feel pain through the process to get to the promise. But you're still in your purpose. And that quitting is not an option. See, let me, let me speak to somebody in here tonight. Because I was struggling with depression and I was like, Lord, the promise, I didn't get there yet. And the enemy whispered a lie to me that I wasn't living in purpose. But there's a difference between promise and purpose. The promise is in the future, but the purpose is all the way through the process. So when the enemy starts telling you that you don't have a purpose, you remind him that you're still going to get to the promise. But you're living in purpose right now. In the pain, you're in the purpose. So quitting is not an option. The Bible says, trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways. Submit to Him and He will make your paths straight. And it looks crooked right now, but just keep trusting the Lord. Don't lean on your own understanding because, man, that don't work. Lean on Him, trust in Him. Close your eyes. There's some of you here right now that you're too invested to quit right now. When you start a business, y'all, you might be worth $20,000 in debt and you're too invested to go back. You gotta make your work now, right? That's faith. That's faith. 
What if, what if God allow these circumstances to test your faith and he's allowing you to grow? Come on, Peter. Man, some of y'all, you thought about quitting, but then you realize that quitting is not an option because you got a calling on your life. Maybe you realize that quitting is not an option because you got people that looks up to your faith and if you fall, they fall too. Man, you're too invested. And although your flesh is saying quit, 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 you realize that only he's got the words of eternal life. You realize that you're too invested. You realize that you left way too much stuff to quit now. You realize that you cannot trust your own understanding. But you're willing to say, God, it's hurting. God, the waves are crashing against the boat. But I'm going to keep growing. I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to get out of this boat. I'm going to believe that I'm going to want to walk on water. I'm going to believe that I am going to make it. Because you spoke the word and your word is going to come to pass. Come on, if the Lord is speaking to you right now, I'm going to count to three and I want you to hit this altar right now. Because I want you to picture this. You're in the boat right now. You're in the boat and the waves are, are crashing against the boat. But you're saying, I'm willing to step out. Jesus is saying, come, come. He's already spoken the word. Now you're going to step out of the boat. And you're going to grow. You're going to grow through this test, brother. You're going to grow. So I'm going to count. And if that's you, if God is speaking to you through this message, I want you to come. One, two, three, come. Come.